the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC podcast, where we explore workforce development issues in Southern Nevada. My name is Jaime Cruz. I am your host for today, and I am glad to introduce uh, not only a member of the Workforce Connections board, but uh, actually the person who had the idea for this podcast. So today with us, we are uh, happy to have Jack Martin, the director of the Clark County Juvenile Justice uh, System. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Director Cruz. It's, uh, it's incredible to be here. Well, I want you to share a little bit with, uh, with the folks listening. What was it that made you think that we could pull this off and say, you know what, I'm going to tell... Uh, that, that WC staff that we need to start a podcast. I think there's there's quite a few reasons here. First of all, Jaime, the, the the transformation of the workforce system in Southern Nevada over the last few years has been phenomenal. From being at the one of the probably I, I don't want to say one of the worst workforce boards, but for not being recognized nationally to being a nationally recognized board that is doing some very innovative things and being a fan of podcasts. I mean, I listen to podcasts regularly. I also know how dynamic a speaker you are, Jaime, and how you could enthrall the millions of fans that will be watching. I thought, what what a what better um, way to share our story, our mission, our vision in, in a way that, that other people could maybe learn from. Yeah, we're grateful. I didn't know what podcast was until you told me. So um, I'm grateful now that we uh, have our own. And again, hopefully uh, you are, obviously this is our inaugural episode, our first guest, and we already have a few more scheduled. We're uh, officially going to launch this just in a few weeks. And so the uh, folks listening will have a, if you will, a few episodes to listen to, and then we plan to add a few more every every week, every month. So uh, let me uh, ask you a little bit about this evolution you mentioned over the last few years, uh, we went from, as you said, a board that were, was perhaps doing good work to a board that's doing incredible work now. And, uh, you know, the, the if you will, it's great that we get national recognition because last year we got that recognition from the National Association of Workforce Boards. Uh, but the I think the, the best part is what we see every day in the system. You and I traveled the other Saturday across uh, some locations, and we really see the impact that that the our efforts are having here so tell us a little bit about that journey how what made you really uh come back from dc one time and say we got to get better at integration we got to get all the partners involved we got to get the board members activated and so tell us a little bit about that journey and what that meant to you I'll be honest, Jaime, this, this has not been an easy road, which you're well aware of. I mean, this is when I, I remember my first couple of meetings on the board, they were contentious meetings. There was anger a bit, bit amongst board members. There was, you know, and, and just looking at it from just a business perspective, you're looking at 30 to 35 percent of our of our budget was being pulled into administrative costs, which was, you know, first of all, against DETA rules, in my understanding, and also just inefficient. I, you know, I, we had contracts all throughout the valley going to little small organizations, which is not a bad thing, but we weren't getting the results we needed. And it was obvious, it was painfully obvious. We had pink papers or these, you know, whatever the, oh, what, what is the official term for a pink paper? I can't remember from the board, we've nicknamed them the pink papers. Right. But it's early monitoring. Yes, the early monitoring. Okay. I mean, that's all we were discussing at board meetings was early monitoring and it just wasn't, it, it didn't seem effective. It didn't seem like we were investing the money that we could have invested into the actual workforce to the people that need it the most. So it was, uh, you know, I was invited to a NOB conference and it was at National 
National Association of Workforce Boards conference. I got to go there, and you know me, I nerd out on things like this. So I went to as many, you know, conference, you know, or, or breakout sessions as I could. And there was one about integration, and we had just started our harbor model. Um, you know, our, our harbor is a juvenile assessment center model that we use in juvenile justice, where we'd gotten. 14 partners to, to sit down and commit to doing real work and working with each other. And I said, why, why wouldn't this work at Workforce? And I remember coming to you and Rick specifically and saying, and saying, why don't, why don't we work with Dieter? And there was a lot of all this historical conversations. And then I said, well, I'm gonna go meet with him. And you, and you, I remember you and Rick kind of rolling your eyes at me going, okay, that'll go well. Right. And it didn't go great but it got better. I mean, we started the conversation of, Hey, we're in our lane. You guys are in your lane. How can we work together better instead of duplicating services? So, I mean, under your leadership and under the board's leadership of our past president, uh, you know, our past you know, chairman, chairwoman, uh, Valerie Merzel, and now our new chair. Um, I mean, we're seeing some incredible things move and I'm, you know, I'm, I can't tell you, I'm, I'm excited because these have not been always popular decisions. They've not always been, you know, ballyhooed decisions but they've been decisions that needed to be made. And now we're starting to see the data. We're, we're looking 15 months, two years into this data. We're seeing incredible growth, incredible growth. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I think that's what's important. The, the decisions that were made were difficult ones by the board, by the Leos. But the, uh, the data, despite the pandemic, the data has validated those decisions. The services are better. They're more impactful. They're more broad. And so I think uh, that's what matters, that the decisions have now been validated by the outcomes. But not only that, Jaime, I think there's been something that gets lost in here. And I mean, that's your decision making. You've, you've made some tough decisions from the executive director standpoint. And I've always you know, been supportive of 99.9% you know, .9 of those decisions. But you know, it, scaling back our, our internal staff so we'd have more money to reinvest. We saw firsthand during this pandemic how that couple million bucks that was saved was able to be reinvested directly into our community, whether it be through the paycheck protection programs or whether it be through expanding of the, the, the one stops, whether it be through just creative pilot programming that you wanted to try. To, and during a national emergency, we had the flexibility to move around and navigate that, those places because of the decisions we'd made. And I don't think people understand that because we don't contextualize it for them. And they're difficult conversations to have at a board meeting. But those decisions have paid off. There's small businesses that are open today and, and people will continue to receive paychecks during a national pandemic that or a worldwide pandemic, not just just didn't affect us. I mean, that wouldn't have happened if we didn't make very intentional decisions around our population matters and then making those tough decisions it made sense and it's paying off. And I hope, I hope we discuss this at board meetings. I know I'm always pushing for the data to come out and just discuss this data because we'd heard, we'd heard some really tough public comment on, you know, race-based decision-making and accusing the board of, of some things. And, you know, now we're seeing, well, that's not true at all. We're actually serving more young, young people of color. We're serving more people in impoverished neighborhoods than we ever have historically. And the data has proven that out. So, you know, we, we could have, turtled up and, and been afraid of these conversations, but we didn't. Yeah. And I think uh, besides the outcomes of uh, participants and how they're served, as you said, one of the most important things we did was get our internal budget in line because we uh, were spending, if you will, uh, above the uh, the operational average for the nation. 
And so I'm happy to say now here as as a board, we are um, definitely on the lower end of the national average. The national average is 15 to 20 percent uh, spent on board operations, and we've been under 15 now for the last 18 months. So. Uh, and again, as you said, what do we do with that money? We just, uh, we don't keep it. We reinvest it into the system mm-hmm. to serve more job seekers and more businesses. So yes, um, those are, are things I think that we can be really proud of as an organization. You mentioned the harbor and I want, I think, uh, those listening to understand a little bit more about why is it that the combination of those two systems, the, the harbor system that you mentioned has partners that bring resources that are not the same as the partners and resources in our system. And so, you know, it's almost like a a Thanksgiving dinner, right? Where somebody brings turkey, the other person brings side dishes. And so I, when, when we traveled uh, and toured the Harbor, there's stuff inside the Harbor that can benefit our youth that we can't provide. Can you tell us a little bit about what those things are and why it's important to merge these systems together? Well, absolutely. First of all, you know me and my passion for the harbor. I mean, I, I can talk about the harbor until the cows come home. And it is for people that don't know, it's a juvenile assessment center. It's not anything new, unique or crazy. It is just something that we did very well here in Clark County. We got 14 partners to sit to the table. One of those partners is workforce. Um, and it's for children. We designed it specifically for children of color because in my juvenile justice system and law enforcement fields, we see far too many children of color captured in systems that they don't belong in for a multitude of reasons. The school to prison pipeline, lack of resources, you know, bold-faced racism. There's lots of reasons. But what we also understand in juvenile justice is that the earlier we serve a child, the earlier we wrap a child in meaningful resources, the better outcomes are. As much as I'd love to tell everybody that my probation system is incredible, it's not. There's not a good probation system. They just don't exist. I mean, do my to my 600 you know men and women that work for me do incredible work? They absolutely do. But by the time a child makes it to probation, we've we've lost a lot of the fight. So we want to do very intentional upstream investment. And we also know that kids, when kids come and they're having behavioral issues, they're having school issues, they're having mental health issues, drug-related issues, they're having all those issues, those issues don't occur in a vacuum for children. Those issues occur across a multitude of service delivery things to include unemployment, underemployment. So one of the things we wanted to do is we reached out and, you know, obviously me and you were friends away from this place. And we, you know, I have been on your board for several years. We started talking about ways that we could improve services at the harbor, also reduce some of the costs for you guys in workforce in terms of co-locating some, 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 uh, some resources there. I'm so pumped about it because if one of my families comes in from a juvenile just perspective and they, you know, and workforce is embedded into our, into our culture, in, into our buildings, into our everything, well, mom and dad might be sitting there while we're waiting to do an evaluation for the kid. Maybe they need upward, you know, they need, you know, retraining or upskilling or employment services or soft skills development. All can be happening right there. If a kid comes in or the, the likewise, if a kid comes in specifically looking for Title I supports through your organization, but yet they do have an alcohol problem or maybe they do have a tutor, they need tutoring issues or they maybe they do need, you know, shoes or clothes or, you know, other things. We have now created literally a no wrong door approach to serving our community to include employment. Yeah, and I, and I think that um, a lot of people throw this this uh, term around uh, multi generational approach, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what you just yeah. described. And I think our uh, commissioner Marilyn Kirkpatrick's have been a big fan of that. Uh, of embedding these resources uh, in tiers into a place where the families can get served, not just the young people, but the adults. And so I'm excited as well that we are going to be able to uh, be in a place, provide services to youth in a place that, again, provides things we don't. You talked about 
uh, resources for uh, emotional, uh, you know, uh, problems that are happening in the home, drug problems, uh, housing. Uh, and so those things, I think, are uh, part of the reality of the youth that come seeking our services. But sometimes the first thing that, that is needed is not that training for a job. There's other things that need to be remediated first. And so I think that's why the partnership with the harbor makes so much sense. Um, moving forward, tell us, uh, I'd like to, uh, to hear again, uh, you've seen us evolve, and we've talked about what that evolution has entailed a little bit. What do you see in the next couple of years post-pandemic the pandemic really has reshaped how job seekers look at the workforce and what they expect in the workplace a lot of it is still a little bit unknown it's working its way out if you will we have a strategic planning event coming up for the board and the leos in a few months uh, what are the things that in your mind are going to be on the table that you want to see the board address and tackle in, in, the, in the future well, i think there's a couple of things first of all is this youth integration system right standing up you know standing up uh real resources and standing up being very intentional in the populations that we seek whether it be juvenile justice kids aging out of juvenile justice or or foster children aging out of foster care systems you know really working collaboratively there but i, I think more importantly is, is you guys have pounded into my head is really building those employer first relationships right R really working backwards from the solution i mean you and lvgea and and a lot of our partners in this workforce space have done some incredible work around the blueprint i think we're on version 3.0 now where guys like me understand i mean in the past i mean not to go backwards again but i mean i remember sitting at a board meeting and watching a training where we we actually looked at some training for 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 pet massage and I thought to myself, okay, that, that might be something that is that is needed. It, it might be, but is it needed here in Vegas? Was it one of our, so if we train people in this, could they actually find a job? Was it a livable wage? Was it all those, was it all those things? And, and I would argue that it probably is, there might be a need for it, but not on the scale that we need to, to get people back in the workforce. So really looking at all of those elements of like building those employer first relationships, building, building training to meet their needs, right? I mean, You've done an incredible job. You and the you and our, our our Madam Chair and our Vice Chair have done an incredible job putting together real relationships. I mean, we've got the president of our local um, CSN, College of Southern Nevada, on our board. We've got the superintendent of the fifth largest school district in the country on our board. We've got you know em employers. I mean, Guy Martin and his team, and we've got. I mean, I don't. I hate to leave anybody out, but I mean, we've got incredible board now that has the ability to move mountains. When we started this small little pilot program of exposing my children to an actual construction work site, Mr. Martin was on board 100%. You know, we had a YAP, which is one of our service providers, youth advocate program, on board. I mean, and then we, we developed a curriculum and almost felt like overnight, but it was probably, probably a little longer now, and thanks to your team for helping us build it. But those are the types of partnerships that we need to be building in all economic sectors of our, of our you know, advanced manufacturing that should be our next goal right or you know any logistics or any of these things that we could be doing i mean i i'm really excited about about the direction and the board is going and the not only that but the people that are on the board that are doers i don't think we have a whole lot of people left on the board that just want to write it on their on their resumes anymore i think we've got some people that actually want to move mountains and i think that's what a, what a great place for us to be. I agree. I'm really grateful for that because the local elected officials consortium, the eight uh, local electeds that govern our agency and are responsible for the fiduciary uh, 
you know, spending, if you will, here, that everything is spent the right way. They have appointed, as you said, uh, an amazing board. We have 23 board members now that are actively engaged, that are bringing resources into the system, right? The, the WIOA says that a, a board member must bring, not only have hiring authority in their organization uh, and, and optimum policymaking authority, but they also should bring resources to the table. And that's happening. We see that in the form of cash. We see that in the form of resources from their organizations. We see that in the form of connections or partnerships. And so, yes, I agree. I think uh, we are fortunate to be flying at the highest altitude. And I agree with you that our goal now is uh, obviously not to go down to the country mm -hmm. to maybe rise up uh, even higher. So I'm looking forward to uh, that, st that strategic planning event to really lay the direction for the next few years. So uh, Jack, we've um, we've kind of uh, reached the end of our time, so I wanted to give you uh, one last chance to maybe share some final thoughts with us. Say uh, goodbye to our audience before we end the segment. No, I just you know I'm just excited about the things that we're doing. I'm, I hope, hopefully, if there's other workforce boards or board members that are out there that that find this podcast interesting, come visit us. Come come say hello. You know, um, I think. I think sitting down with us and really understanding the obstacles that we faced are not going to be very different than the obstacles other boards are facing. And that I think we can offer some supports. I've had several phone calls with other knob uh, after the last knob conference from other board executive directors and board members about some of the things we've done and what we're, and all they wanted was like some tactical advice about how do they navigate this certain spot. And, you know, and I'm lucky enough to be dumb enough to just ask questions on the regular, right? Just, I'll just ask the question and, you know, and, and hopefully it doesn't offend anybody, but if it does, it's really an honest question about how do we get better? And we've been, we've been very fortunate and we've been very supported here. Our, our elected officials have been incredible partners in this process of transformation. And I mean, I can't tell you enough. I mean, this board has just been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. Well, Jack, we're lucky. We're blessed and fortunate to have you on our board because you have, uh, if you will, catalyzed our work for a few years now. Hopefully you see the the impact uh, that that has, not just on young adults, children, but the adults as well that we serve. Uh, thank you for making the time to come talk to us today. And um, we hope that you will join us again. So. Uh, that's it for today's podcast. We hope you join us again. And until next time, stay safe.